Welcome to the Exit Strategy, your no bullshit guide to divorce with the experienced attorneys from New Direction Family Law and guests that have been there. Unfiltered discussions to help you move from victim to victorious and from bitter to better. Elizabeth Stevenson. I'm Sarah Hink. You know us from New Direction Family Law and your favorite podcast talkers, podcasters. I don't even know what the title yeah, the is. Term, what are we? Podcast word makers, I think is. Yeah, so today it's so much more fun than our day job don't you think it is our day job is fun i said that i lied i like both but this is not stressful this is fun to talk about things and educate people and have a little fun while we do it so. yes so we're having some wine we can talk about the fun topic that we decided to talk about covid trends a year and half i guess how far are we into Two years? Almost two. March will be two years. That's March. crazy. That's crazy. Don't you remember when it first happened? You were on. I was down the country. country. I was in the Caymans. I was like boozing hard and on the beach. But you this is nothing. Touching my. Getting all wound up. Yeah. I was like, oh, then the NBA like closed down their season. I was like, oh, shit's hitting the fan. I'm never leaving this island. <laughs> you know, like. like you are back at work getting everybody going yeah. remote. And it happened on Friday the 13th. That was March the 13th. Oh my God. And I remember sitting at my desk and there was a release that was happening on or a live press That's event on good. Facebook oh. and the, the chief Supreme Court judge said that we were closing courts and you were in one of the back conference rooms prepping. It's 9-11. Like, where were you when the world shut down? Yeah, and I went running back and I was like, stop what you're doing. You're not being heard. And we all started watching what was going on, and we were like, okay, time to go virtual. And we did on the fly. We went virtual. Yeah. That one day, Sarah zoomed in. I zoomed in because I was in the airport. I, I remember like, that. That was chaotic. I was at like five airports on the way back. Not, probably three. So I was like, maybe I shouldn't come in, you guys. Yeah. Maybe I should stay home since this is being serious. So. But you know what? We had it on the fly. We didn't miss a trick. We set up Zoom. We kept clients we kept initial consultations i'm really proud of us for doing that yeah and it's it was just such a stressful time for everyone regardless of your work or what's going on and the court shut down so if you had a case you know your custody case was coming up you're gonna get that resolved yeah sorry yeah you did not you just got screwed eventually they restarted the courts we do need like domestic violence courts i right i remember i would still go to those in person because there's a a need for that clearly we have to protect people in violent relationship during the pandemic and Honestly, that's something we're, we're talking about the trends that we saw just as family law attorneys right. and coming out of it, what we've learned just in our practice. You know, people staying at home together, that just made those situations worse because if you got, if your safe space was going to work or going to you know school or just being mm-hmm. out of the house and you can't do that anymore, then those people are in trouble. Same thing to kids, like mm-hmm. the injured didn't have their eyes on them and could yeah. see them and they're at home. So it yeah. affected every member of the family if you were in a domestic violence. Yeah, just in what we do, I remember that being really scary for me, just thinking about those people. Right, I agree. And But we did have those courts open back up, but still it was hard. And we, we had that, back, that made a backlog and that's what makes it, we're still feeling the attacks of that. And, that. Yeah. and since all this happened, I think we've gotten like three new court Family law judges in Wake County. So we that, have. That's right. That all happened too during all of it. So we just really didn't know what was going on. Right, so we still do some remote. We still do some in person. It's just a crapshoot every day. It really is. Which so, make sure your attorney is someone that can really move on a dime and change things people. up and adapt. <laughs> Could you do that? I don't know. I look at my calendar in the morning. That tells me where I need to go. And that's just how we roll. Yeah. We just got to do it. Yeah. Got to be there for our clients. Yeah. So... That's its backlog has been there before COVID, maybe a little bit worse now. Mediation is always important for you. So knowing regardless of what's going on, whether courts are open or not, 
try to get mediation if you can. But Elizabeth, we can do that virtually. We, we can, can do, do that virtually yeah. now, which is great in of itself because not I everyone like lives it. here. Right. Yeah. Or you can get other things done during mediation where usually you're like stuck in one room all day. Right. And I think I think it's a benefit for clients. Calendar call where the judge calls a case of calendars every day. And that's virtual. Where I used to like it because you go down and set and interact with everybody. You're charging your client an hour to go down there and set. Yeah. We're not now. So some. I actually say that's a benefit and a positive. Yeah. Jen always prefaces, talk about Wake County, that's where yeah. I rarely serve, but. That's my favorite county. Me too. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not, like other counties too, it's fine. <laughs> they get other back. counties are cool. Yeah, Elizabeth and I were both born in Wake County. I was. Born in Wake Are you kidding? Were you born in Rex Hospital? In the old Rex Hospital. Oh, <laughs> I'm new Rex Hospital. I oh, mother was born in Mary Elizabeth Hospital, which is like on where Mordecai is. That's where it used to be the old Rex. Oh, <laughs> don't even know about that one. <laughs> Throwback. Yeah. They just opened Rex Alley Springs uh, yesterday. Yeah, that's crazy. Wow. There's so many more people here than there used to be. I know, which is but, good for us. Yes. That's what we were just talking about, Joe. How many people get talking about people and divorce? And I don't know. The stats are all over the place. But I think regardless, COVID put a magnifying glass on every type of relationship possible. Parents and kids, spouses or in a relationship, work relationships. It put a magnifying glass on everything. <laughs> Friendships. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. it wasn't just COVID during the last couple of years. There's been a lot of office, obviously, social injustice and things like that have come to, to light more brightly. So it's been a put. It's definitely done that. And it's made you really either, I was talking to Joe before everything, that you're either like, all right, cool, mate, we've got some issues, but we're going to buckle down because we're in this to win it. I do this. Or you're like, screw this, I'm out, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. Just thinking about some of my cases I ran into, I had a couple who were on complete different sides of the political sphere. So during the what? Political sphere. Yeah, sphere. Okay. You make me say it here. <laughs> sphere. Slowly, I'm going to mess Sphere. Up. <laughs> sphere. <laughs> sphere. Orb. Orb. No, there's political Spectrum. orb. Spectrum. 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 And so obviously before the 2020 results and that just election that went on, one of them came to me and was like, I just cannot stand him anymore. He keeps saying all these things about. Right. And they're stuck home all together. I'll just simmering yeah. over it. And that just really pushed them to the edge. And then another couple, one, the, the husband, father would travel all the time for work. Right. So... My client just hated him, but she was okay because he was yeah, always the time. So I was like, we can just make this work. But once he wasn't gone all the time and we no foreseeable future of him actually leaving the house again, she can't take this anymore. Absolutely. I'm done. I cannot stand you. I'm be honest. So I'm sure there's been plenty of other cases like that. Absolutely. And then you've got three kids home that you're trying to homeschool while mm-hmm. you, uh, you're trying to work and you're trying to do this and emotions are out, out of the roof. So yeah, exacerbates, I think. Sometimes what was already there. Yeah, it's put stress on yourself and your relationships, and it makes you really look at your relationships around you and say, this isn't going to be the only hard time in our lives. Is this someone that I can get through those other hard times with if I can't get through that? I think you're either, when bad things happen, you come together Mm -hmm. and plow through it, or bad things happen and you find out you just can't do that. And I'm not sure there's a middle, per se. There may be. I know. I don't know about any of it. I don't know, but I just, you know, life, I mean, you realize life is short. I think you know? if you're trying to find a middle, you're really just covering it up by the way. Right. Like you're not actually addressing whatever the issue, issue is. was. I think, yeah, it's like life is, I think a lot of my clients were, and they, a lot of older clients now that just realize 
Life is short. And I've been putting up with this shit for 25 years and I'm just done. I that too. One of my clients was like, I honestly just want to, don't, I don't want to live with her anymore and I want to move to Vegas. I'm like, you know what? Let's make it happen. That's what I had. And she, I mean, we put this plan into place in August. It took her two months to run and do all this stuff. And all she wanted to do was have a little, just a little place at the beach. So happy. I thought you were going to say Vegas. I was like, wait a second. Are they running away together? <laughs> the Elvis. <laughs> Example, it really puts things in perspective. It does. It does. Um, and there's just like we said before, there's a lot of stressors. Like Jamie, oh my, my boyfriend, partner, we were trying to figure out what to call him. Jamie. The, yes. <laughs> we'll just call it Jamie. Jamie. <laughs> Imagine that. The, the, like, the, you have to, like, what's your boy, call boyfriend Jamie now? That's what I'm going to Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> That's her Jamie. We dated two years and then he moved in right when COVID hit. And I lived alone for oh my gosh, yeah. five years and he'd lived alone for a long time right and then to move in together which was hard in, of itself just moving with someone new in right. space with them it's also covid and so he's home all the time and well, that's probably good though if you're in a new relationship this is probably the, the good time to find out either this is going to work yeah. or it's not going to work I survived but it would it could have been sure. it could have been george clooney or anyone else moved in there and it still would have been hard i don't know about that. <laughs> Clooney. that's who you would have been <laughs> i don't know I just, george clooney I don't know what a big towards clean. Okay. Ryan Gosling? That'll work, yeah. Okay. We're okay. in agreement. It could be Ryan Gosling or anyone else and just sharing your space full time with someone is just always going to be like, wait a second. Well, it's like you said, like the person whose spouse is flying all the time is like, oh, Tom and I, he would, he started practice in Charlotte. So he'd be home like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday afternoon. He would get on the train and go to Charlotte till Wednesday. And I was so happy. I love him, but I'm so happy to see you guys. <laughs> yeah. And that's just the way. I, I don't know how we would have. I don't know what we would have done. I think we would have been okay. You would have been, been okay. Tough. You we definitely would have texted me every day. Call yeah. Me. I'm not that kind of girl. Jamie, George, and Ryan and I were all okay. Where are you? And uh, yes. Jamie Jones. <laughs> <laughs> No, <laughs> maybe just of George, I don't know. <laughs> but just you have to work on things. It was just new for everyone. And plus you can't uh, go out, you can go to concerts, you can do the fun things that you can mix with your friends. I mean, you really were, that's all we got. So fast forward a year later, so like to probably March of this past year, and that's when things really started to loosen up. And then we got news that we're going to be concerts. And we had the people who were going through it and separating during that year, which I can't imagine a harder year to separate. I can't either. And there's plenty of people who separated, not just because of COVID or whatever they were going through, but just it was the time. And so they're separating and there's all these other things to consider, especially with children. Are they going to do remote schooling? Or even if they have already separated and they have a custody order. So you got a separation agreement, 2019. <laughs> And your child, and your child is twenty. But we'll that, that you did a separation agreement for someone in two thousand and nineteen that did not anticipate any of this shit. No, no one did. That's what's come up a lot. And for court me. orders didn't do it. And even okay, you don't get the kids because mom all of a sudden is concerned about COVID and thinks that well we can't exchange because I'm worried about him going over there and you're still going to work in person and you're going to give him Correct. COVID. Right. So I'm just I'm going to withhold the child. And we saw that a lot when the court was just like, well, this is all new to us, too. And you should still just exchange the child. child. And mm -hmm. I think her chief judge said, like, I don't care. You have to exchange the child. Yeah. Like we're, I have feelings about that, but I'll. We're all going to have to figure this out together. And I think that's the point. Try it and work it out without having to come to court because you couldn't even really get into court that quickly. Uh, no, absolutely not. And that wasn't an emergency for anybody. No, it's not an emergency at all as, as far as emergency custody goes. Yeah, but then there are all sorts of issues. People feel like it's Even like, ask. 
facts. Just because you're married doesn't mean you're going to agree on those things. So what happened? They're not married anymore because they don't yeah. agree. But they don't agree on the vaccines. And I can speak more to vaccines even before COVID. Okay. Because there's a lot of times when people didn't agree on vaccinations just for like measles and things that people have been vaccinated with or against for decades. Right. Century, which right. Thank right. God or we'd still have measles and polio running around. And right. That's not good. I guess not polio. You can't run if you have polio. So think about that. Um, I mean, it's true. And the judges, a lot of times what I would see would say, you need to get your kid vaccinated. Or what's the kid's doctor say? That's what you have to go by. I've seen some judges say, you need to get vaccinated. Judge tell you to get your kid vaccinated. They can. There was a case out in New Jersey with the COVID vaccine. And dad went to the court and said, mom refuses to get the COVID vaccine. And I feel that our child, who I think was immune compromised, is in danger. And the judge said, okay, mom can't have custody time until you get vaccinated. I guess that goes along the lines of... If you present evidence of doctors saying that they should be... You want to... Somebody's on life support and you want to... Person says no, and then I guess the judge, and then judge mm-hmm. can make that decision. So I say it's it under that same line. Yeah, and I actually had a client of mine who saw that news article and read about it, and she got really scared because she is not comfortable with the vaccine. So right. she doesn't want to get vaccinated. Right. And knowing that they might soon come out with children her child's age can get vaccinated, knew that dad wants to vaccinate the child. And so she came to me and said, Sarah, I'm concerned that this would happen, and then the judge would take away my child, and I wouldn't be able to see the child. I know. I talked to her about that and advised her, and we were doing a separation agreement at the time, and it was just, it was really hard to navigate that. Right. It hadn't come up yet. Right. Because her child isn't of age yet to have a vaccine, but she knows it's going to happen where they're going to say that they can be vaccinated. And to try and plan for that. Mm-hmm. But just things you never thought were going to even be a question. Did learn in law school, better now. Yeah. So you have to plan for that. And I've been trying to do that with a lot of the separation agreements and drafting recently is thinking about, okay, well, we've lived through this. Who's to say it's not going to happen again? You know, what are remote school options? Do you guys agree on that? Do we need to cover that in the in the paperwork at all? Vaccinations, do we need to cover that? And that's just hard. It's either vaccinating or you're not vaccinating. And if you don't agree, Who's going to decide? Right. And the thing about when it first hit, it was more, it was a lot about travel. There were some places that, that were high risk that we're not going to South Carolina or I'm not going to have to travel there. It was like, I can't, you can't stop them, you know? Right. Like under the terms of the order of the agreement, there's nothing you could do about it. Everyone just went to like extremes. Oh, over I mean, last summer, it was crazy. And it's know? understandable. It's scary. But you, you have these children and you're having to work with someone. It's, you have to somehow bend a little bit and. Well, trust. I easier said than done. Easier said than done, yeah. for sure. And especially when we have people who are just opposite ends of the t- spectrum. That's right. And you wonder how, I would never get together anyway. Let's start off with. Alcohol. Alcohol. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. People, they meet. We were just talking about all those dating apps. I don't know. If you think. It's a whirlwind at first. Can't be. Yes. Well, it's always a whirlwind because you're thinking with your endorphins and not. Is that what you're thinking? <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of those places now. <laughs> yeah, but they break up and it happens and it's not anything crazy. There's no 50% of people might get divorced. I don't know what the numbers are. We can't really say it. Either, but we just can all realize that not all relationships last forever. No, they don't. But, you you know. And there's reasons for it. For it. That's why our job is challenging sometimes is that people are on different ends of the spectrum and can't find a middle ground. That's why they generally come to us and now we see them. Right. Or end up in court and right. having a judge decide how you're going to live your life and parent your children. Right. That's, 
Halloween was a a little while ago, but that's scary. That's the scariest costume you could have. Yes. So what do you guys say to a client that calls in and is, I'm immunocompromised, I'm very pro-vax, and the kids are of age, yeah, that they can get a vax, and they're going to the other parent's house, but I don't fully trust, or they're not super worried about putting masks on the kids or wearing a mask themselves if they go out in public and stuff. So what do you tell clients in that instance? Or even vice versa, if somebody is, COVID's not real, don't wear a mask, I don't care about my life, and then you send the kids on. Like, we have to look and see first if there's right. a current custody order or separation mm-hmm. agreement to fall back on and look what it says in there. If not, then you have to reach out to the other party and, and see what you can somehow come to an agreement on. And if things are bad enough to where you're willing to litigate it, then you're going to have to go to court. Again, three months down the road. So that's your option. That's the reality of what we've been living through. And mm-hmm. you wonder why domestic violence is higher and stress is higher and people are beating people up on airplanes. This is why. Because we're sitting in limbo that of things we have never experienced before. And Sarah and I don't have a silver, I don't, we don't have the answer all the time. We have to work within the court system, which sucks. Yeah, a lot of things right. out of our control right. and we have to preference a lot of things. Where we don't know what the judge is going to do. We have a lot of new judges. Right. This is also a new area to them as well. It's not like they've been making decisions about community diseases right like my second glass of wine should not be (laughs) (laughs) words with so many syllables like fear what were we talking about before fear fear Fear. (laughs) communicable diseases and that's a new realm for a lot of them and making those decisions and it's a tough decision for them to make and they'd be making decisions and they have their own personal feelings about it that's right i don't know i can't go up and ask them when they're off the bed you put yourself in this i don't know what i would do i was old enough you know, make his own decision and do what he wanted to do. But if he was 12 and could have gotten it, I don't know what I would have done. If, the, if his dad said no, might have gone and, what are they going to do? Tell him to keep a secret. It's your child. Don't <laughs> no. tell <his> daddy. <laughs> All right. Now we're on the part of what not to do. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not. But you, you, but you, I hope everybody can understand why everybody's so crazy right now. But yeah. It's big emotional stuff. I usually tell them a lot of times the judge's easiest decision to make would be to say to listen to the child's physician. Just like my client who was against the vaccine said the doctor's going to say to get vaccinated. I don't know what to tell you then. I, I'm i not a doctor. That's I right. can't be that doctor. That because the judge decision. is going to listen to someone who has the expertise to do that and neither you nor I nor he or she has yes. that expertise. So they're going to look to somebody to do that. Yes. And they always do that. That's what I tell you have a therapist or a doctor mm-hmm. or somebody who's going to come in and testify. That's what the judge is going to listen to because they're not prejudiced. They're not have a dog in this fight. The physician comes in, that's more than likely what's going to happen. And that's scary for some people. And I get it. Right. And I haven't had, I don't know if you have the religious exemptions or other exemptions or other than I want it or I don't want it. So I don't know what the, I don't know what judges are doing. I don't think that. there are religious exemptions. Yes, there are. You can, like for, oh, yeah. for jobs. Job I only know this because I know some people through family that work for federal government, which they were then going to start mandating the vaccine. Right. And they were going to be claiming that it was a religious exemption. And she was very much, they say, if they call bullshit, then I might lose my job. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. It's not, not you can job. claim it, but yeah. it doesn't make it. But anyways. I digress. Yeah. On that <laughs> That's topic. That's not family law. <laughs> yes. But there's other financial issues that's come up during COVID. Like? The stimulus oh and the God. child tax credit. And who gets the Who gets that? Who gets and the economic? A, the judges don't want to touch that one. But maybe I'm wrong. That's my uh, I usually, either if it's 50-50, if you guys are on a 50-50 custody schedule, then please just split it in half. Well, that's what you want to do, but that's not what's happening in my case. Who pays the taxes? And so you filed jointly, and so it's going, so 
dad's residing in the marital residence and that's where it's going mm-hmm. and and directly deposited it to his account mom can't get it and right there's that problem yeah, they're just forwarding the money right Correct. instead of getting yeah. a tax credit when we pay in april we get it every month right but i think people thought think of it as free money and it's, oh this april's gonna suck for some but, uh, but it's more about <laughs> yeah I, I would say 2020 when they were getting the regular payments that, that was the problem and the yeah. economic stimulus yeah. um payments and that's come up and you have to think about that in the future who's going to get those if there's more in the future because we can't now we know that it might happen i'm gonna go to i'm gonna like redo contracts in law school because you got to mm. put in all this shit now that you never thought about i don't want to redo it you could do the, it the, 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 <laughs> like this i don't like this like PTSD. PTSD. Do the stimulus checks, can that be looked at as income for like child support? No. Not yet. I mean, I haven't addressed that. No. And I haven't been in court on the specific topic. I just deal with having to negotiate it all the time. I've been once and the judge said kids were living 100% with mom, saw dad like two hours on a Saturday, give her the money. Right, exactly. And that's what they're looking for. It's for the benefit of the children, children. it's supposed to be. So let's look at the custody schedule and the incomes of the parents and really... Had one that was using that to pay his child support and said, yeah, I can't do that. That's not the point. I know. And that's not why the government gave you the money either. I know. Hey guys, it's Jen with New Direction Family Law. And if you've ever known a friend that's gone through some sort of a custody dispute, you can imagine how stressful it is. Or if you've gone through a custody dispute yourself, child custody disputes can be one of the most stressful and exhausting times of divorce for you and your children. You know your children best, and it's important that you know your legal rights and options and have a say in what's in the best interest of your children. At New Direction Family Law, we have over 30 years experience protecting the rights of our clients in child custody matters. We aggressively advocate, we support, and we educate our clients to achieve the best possible outcomes. So if you're going through a child custody matter or you have a loved one that is, let us be strong for you so you can be strong for your children. Give us a call today at 919-719-3470 to schedule an initial consultation or reach out to us via our website at newdirectionfamilylaw.com. Something else that's been infected by COVID, dating. Yes. And if if you're separate, you're not doing it while you're married. (laughs) That's even hard. Okay, let's talk about that. That is really hard to do during COVID is have an affair. Well, I don't know about that. It's not impossible. But if you're in the house together during the lockdown time period and you're texting your ex or your girlfriend all the time, it's hard to get away from your spouse. That's true. My heart does not go out to them that that we're going through that really difficult time. You might have gotten caught. True. And then once you could get out, everything went wild. That's what I found with my clients that were that were not behaving well before it, then they just went wild after they could go out and they didn't even care anyone cares about anything anymore i know well, it feel like that everybody just screw it flip yeah. lights everyone's <laughs> just on the edge again if you have kids that aren't vaccinated you're out dating and then you there are all sorts of things that you never had to think about before mm-hmm. yeah it's crazy but yeah but you know that was difficult the affairs i'm sure <laughs> you put it on hold which you should until you separate and might even led to some more <laughs> Separations, true. Which is good if you are doing that, then you should separate. Absolutely, yes. To separate, but then the people who have gone through separation, divorced, and they wanted to get back in the playing field, and all of a sudden, oh, to wear a mask all the time, can't just make out when I want to make out. To worry about COVID, (laughs) that's going to be hard too. All hard. If you've been married like normal twenty under normal circumstances, yeah, I've had a lot of. Have you had a lot of remarriages in your cases? I haven't lately. I just thought about that. Joe said statistically, it was before we got started, that marriages were down 
Marriages are down? Well, marriages are down. The amount of marriages that were requested, marriage certificates, went down in 2020. Um, the highest was Hawaii. They went down by like like 17%. Florida went down by 9%. Arizona went down by 8%. And those are the only states that they really studied. So I imagine the rest would be a smattering in there. But I think they picked those states because they were lockdown states. That makes oh, sense. Hawaii was a lockdown state. You can't have Florida your... Was not a lockdown state. Florida was a lockdown You can't have your wedding. You can't invite your guests. So you're just not going to get married that day. So what does it say for 2021? Are we on the uptick? I don't have any info on that on this particular. This The study I was quoting was from the Institute for Family Studies, and they don't have anything for 2021. I'd imagine it would be because everything got pushed. Weddings were happening this year. I think a lot got postponed, right. so you would think yeah. maybe. Without your license, but I guess my point was, a lot of times we see this, I don't know if you do, it's like, oh, we got separated, I got divorced, immediately getting into a relationship with someone, and I'm getting married. That have been, yeah, that has seen slowed down a little. That has slowed down, although people still, like, cohabitate real quick. I agree. To your point about dating being Depends. difficult, another thing the study indicated that, and we talked about this, I think, forever ago, that we speculated that there would be more babies due to COVID. So the amount of sex we did go up for married people and went down for unmarried people. Ooh. You got You can't have one. With, you can't have eight without the without sex. <laughs> what, was the, what was the pool size? Pool size? Of the question, people who were proposed this question. <laughs> study sample size. Yeah. Pool. Like a pool. It's like a swimming pool. I don't know. How many people are in the pool? How many singles are in a pool? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many singles are in the pool. <laughs> okay, so we don't have all the numbers on that, but I guess it makes sense because if you're married in the same house, what else you, you going to do? You actually know, and if you're not, I mean, you, you, couldn't go, you couldn't go out and date. Or you can't, or you, or, I mean, you can probably, but you don't. Down in certain age brackets. Which were? Um, what window? 15-year-olds, so hopefully. Yeah, you would think. No, for married people, <laughs> eighteen to fifty-five. So that's a big age That's a big poll. Groups that went up and some went down. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, we're not comparing those ages together. It's a very pick. specific study. It's just about people who are eighteen married to fifty-five-year-olds. <laughs> useful this study is. How many eighteen-year-olds are married to fifty-five? It should be none. zero. That's what it should be. <laughs> With a North Carolina, we're not sure. No. Didn't that, don't we pass that law? Yeah, you no. can't get married, what, after 14 or something now? Used to be 12, something awful. No, it's awful. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't had one. So this, say I haven't had that. This BYU study, they did ask people, I don't know who BYU is, I don't know if it's reliable, but it's in the same. Brigham Young University. Asterisk. I'm looking at, okay, yeah, so maybe there's an asterisk. I mean, their normal marriage rate is like 12 <laughs> marriages to one person at a time. So, <laughs> so they're skewing skewed. the numbers themselves. going to be skewed. Yeah. So the question they asked people was, did COVID deepen your commitment or did it make you appreciate your partner more? And so... What? Isn't this... There's so two different questions. So let's just go with the one. So deepen my commitment to my marriage. Percentage-wise, who do you think... What percentage of people do you think agreed with that? Their marriage got deeper. I don't even know what that means. Deepen their commitment. They got happier, I guess. They got... They, they buckled like, down. Like 2%. <laughs> Maybe I'm I was going to say negative. <laughs> so BYU said it was pretty much 50-50, pretty much like divorce rate. So 51% said it got better, 41 or 49%. Right? I would get I would get kicked out of BYU. Uh, oh, I would too in a second. But. Yeah, they have a lot of rules there. Can't follow. Anyway, that's what I get from that. <laughs> that's from that one. So dating down, sex for married couples up. You know, yes. Yeah, well, you can go, you can go date. Nothing really though, like extreme. Extreme, like, yeah. It was like, it, I think it just... It didn't, it's the world. It's just, it didn't change that much. If you were married, it changed a lot for us as singles. You couldn't go out. 
Yeah, I don't know that it's enough. Watch a lot of TV. Watch a lot of Netflix. (laughs) I don't know that you can really blame COVID. If you look at the same thing, like the chart, so in 2015 to 2016, it went up more than it did for COVID. And then from 2016 to 2008, the frequency of sex with a married couple went down. Yeah, I'm more to the economy than it yeah. about the, the recession. Yeah. yeah, but with COVID, a lot of people Does it lost cost their a lot job. of money to have sex with your <laughs> yes, with, your <laughs> with the pair board, apparently. <laughs> a, a baby. <laughs> You're buying that, yes, You're buying that gift, absolutely. But, but that was, a, I mean, that's something else that we saw come out of COVID was a lot of people lost their jobs, which yeah. one of the a lot of, one of the big stressors for marriages that can lead to divorce is financial. That's a good issues. point. I'm doing a lot of trials now about alimony and child support, and nobody has a Fucking job. Yeah. What is the judge supposed to do? I'm sorry, he lost his job. He doesn't have any income. Great, but she doesn't she has four kids and doesn't get any child support. Yeah. And I've seen where one I've seen people who have been fine financially during COVID and you know, it's the other extreme. Have you well, been better because the market bonds and market goes up? Yeah. Or just in a in a any kind of field where you weren't affected and right. you can work remote exactly. and everything was okay. Yeah, some people who were working from home already saw right. like, no difference in their lifestyle. Yeah, exactly. they've been able to Absolutely. save more. But I've seen people who are who could do things, like I have a case where he was pursuant to an order, pay the mortgage where the other spot right. lived, and he just took a COVID forbearance. Right. I wanted to dump all the back end of the money on her when she refied the house. I just did that. Yeah, so that's things you don't... Th- no, I didn't. I'm not in a case. I didn't do that. <laughs> it's sneaky. You get away with it. I didn't like it. I was but it did. Um, that's exactly what came up. There's X amount of equity in it, and this is... No, that's not how this works. Yeah. I was thinking about what she's going to have to pay on the back. So, you know, just us, us, as we're looking through accounts and doing the financials, there's been certain things that have changed because of COVID. So that's something to keep your eye on as well. Well, I think that's what you got to, if you're looking for an attorney, find somebody that, because it really is your, it's things you haven't thought about before. You've got to be creative. And when you sit down on that first initial consultation, we need to educate our clients about here's what's different now. You may be talking to your friend down the street that got divorced even a year ago, and they didn't have to think about these things. But yeah. These are going to be some hard issues that you're going to have to talk about and we're going to have to get through. We're dealing with a crazy housing market right. and how to, to deal with that. So a lot of times before, maybe people both agreed to leave the marital home and sell it. And while Prices are high, which that sounds really nice. Mm-hmm. You might have one spouse that's like, I can't go out and buy anything. Wait, what am I going to do? Where am I going to go? I'm going to place it. They're like stuck together. They're Yeah. Because she, she can't leave and he wants her out. And we're not doing that, man. Yeah. That's not going to happen. It's a mess dealing with the housing market. And you think it would be good if people just sold. And- yeah, but or I want to stay and you have to pay the other person out their half of equity. And now it's three times what it was. Yeah. Like, holy shit. How am I going to get that much? You get an appraisal one month and then you're negotiating three months down I, the line and the price is probably even higher. So I've had a lot of it's all we're going to sell it and we're going to split what we get because that's all you can do. Maybe rent for a year. Then try buying again. Rent. I'm just. I just I'm, I'm, yeah. It's just it's hard, especially if you have the client that doesn't make a lot of money. Right. So yeah. they can't qualify right. for a new home or. And that's another. You have to talk about that. If you're a stay at home parent or housewife or house man husband house man what is that <laughs> doesn't have to be a stay-at-home husband <laughs> stay-at-home dad is what a house that's what banks want they want to see six months of him paying mm-hmm. you consistent i can have an order that says he's to pay but they want to see that he's paid so what are you supposed to do for that six months you need time to refinance the house and the other one's like no i want my money now right so you know and that's what's great about mediators and having reasonable attorneys on the other side is that they understand that yeah. Uh, all right. Let's give them twelve months or twenty-four months. Or have I even had thirty-six months? Mm-hmm. You know, let them do what they need to do. 
I know people hate attorneys, but we're really good at what we do on both sides. And if somebody's not represented, it just makes it doubly hard. Yeah. And there's also some unreasonable attorneys out there. And that's when I work really hard to get into mediation with a mediator that I I, choose that I know knows their stuff. So they can go into that other room and actually speak some truth and honest with the other person. My job is to let you live your life, parent your children. I get to be the bitch. I get to determine. I get to talk to the other party. You just, my job is to get you out of this mess and let you work on yourself, get to therapy, take care of your kid. That's what our job is, is to advocate and work really hard to make those decisions and make those things happen. Yeah, get you to the other side. Right. To the other side of COVID, we'll get you to the other side of your divorce. We will. We promise. Get you back dating or not dating, whatever you whatever want. Whatever you want. We'll do it. We'll do it. And Jen's our go-to girl on that. <laughs> we'll help you find your new direction in life. That's right. I think when people are really looking, and this is, I heard that someone else say this recently, and it at home it struck a nerve. I'm like, that's not true. Well, when people are searching for attorneys, they automatically have the idea that they're all the same. I went to law school. All they want is your money. You're just another case. And so you're just trying to find the one that maybe is the cheapest or whatnot. But I'm here to tell you, and I'm not just saying this because I'm biased and I work in a law firm, <laughs> but not all attorneys are the same. I can promise you. Well, you guys are the one that takes the, take the phone call. But if somebody comes to me and says, I want a bulldog, I'm a scorched earth to say, I'm really sorry, but I am not the person for you. They send them to me. <laughs> no, well, then, I mean, I'll, I'll kick them out. I'll go to court. I'll kick their out. I'll do whatever I'm going to do. But that's not right. coming out of the gate. And some someone might say that, and then you talk to them and you tell them, okay, these are your these should be your expectations. This is the reality that we're living in. And if this is what we want, then there's certain ways to do this that aren't just throw everything in court. Right. We can accomplish it in a different, different manner. manner. Right. Yeah. Right. And just talking about attorneys not all being the same. There are so many good attorneys that we practice with. And Absolutely. when I see them on the other side of the case, I'm like, yes, we yes. can resolve this. Yes. We can do this for both the benefit of both the clients. And there's sometimes, and the other person on the other side, I'm like, well, shit. And you know, they say we're in litigation or he has an attorney. Who is that? Because then I know how this case, it's, case is either going to go this way or it's going to go that way. Oh, well, I yeah. get during the intake call. Oh, really? I called in and there's, yeah, I received these papers and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Was it an attorney that filed on your, on the spouse's behalf or whatever? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's their name? They tell me. And, and I'll either say, oh, yes, we're familiar with that attorney on their side. And that's my indicator of, oh, shit, them again. Give it this to Chris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or it's, oh, no, we're very familiar with them. We've had them on their side of cases. They work really well kind of thing. Right. So there is absolutely that nuance to knowing the the family bar. <laughs> well, I think we're, I think we have our, we have a good personality in the firm. We have a good value system. We're going to advocate for you really hard, but we're going to do it in the right way. Mm-hmm. And you're going to come out the other side, okay? And obviously, we're doing something right, and we don't have to do those tactics. And we and when they're on the other side, you have to be able to roll those tactics. Oh, absolutely. And that's all we can do. But we do it the way it's supposed to be. We do it above board in the way it's supposed to be done. Just like we roll with the punches with COVID. And I think that's also something else. The firms are operating. Like, everybody is figuring it out. Like, how are we going to run our business as well as to support our clients and still advocate for our clients and everything, whether that's in-office consultations, virtual consultations, virtual mediation. Some firms still are doing in-person or in our firm specifically. We are asking whether you're vaccinated or not to wear a mask. It's also still the city mandate. So there's that piece of it. So it's just juggling all of that. And it just COVID has just blown up everybody's world. Business side, relationship side, everything. But at the end of the day, our focus is you and helping you get through this shitty, really (laughs) awful. Quite frankly, that's what it is. And it's magnified at this point. Yeah. That's what I tell everyone. I was like, this is going to be really awful for you, These the legal end of this and going through the separation and divorce. But a year from now, 
you're going to be on a much better path. Like I can just, I tell that to people. I do too. Then, they don't believe you at first and then they start to. Yeah. I start to. And I love talking to them at the end and I get to hear like all the new things they've started doing and what they're doing now in their life and how they live in this. I had a client recently who bought this cute little house and she's just so happy. And it just she just sent me a picture out of the blue. I hadn't t- spoken to her in months and she's like, I just bought this house. I wanted to thank you. And that just makes me happy. And I know we're helping people get to that end. And we, and we can. I know it's tough, but that's what we're here for. We've never seen someone come in. I don't care what side of the divorce you're on, whether you're the leaning out or the leaning in spouse. Never seen someone come to us that's not in a better place Agreed. by the end of things. Agreed. Stronger, more resilient, yeah. happier, learning a new lease on you know life and, and what they can do. So even though it's so hard to see and you feel like you're drowning and just grasping to try to come up for air in the beginning... We got you. You get that air. We got your back. We got you. Right. I actually do have a COVID related question. (laughs) So with that, we're talking about family law trends and COVID with mediations and court, since a lot of it did switch to virtual, especially to begin with. And I know there's a lot more in-person stuff now, but do you guys feel that virtual mediations are still as effective as in-person mediations or do they have their advantages, disadvantages? I think they're just as effective. That may be wrong, but one I want to make clear to everyone, you don't sit in, it's not like TV. You don't sit in the room with your spouse. You're in separate rooms. So, and we always have, or I have my clients come in and sit in our big conference room and we Zoom with the mediator. So I don't see the other attorney for the most part. I don't see the other party. So I, if you're a good mediator, your personality and what, and I know who they are and that's who we use. And so I've seen it really work well. Yeah. I think it's client-based for me, I would say. I know someone might react better if they were put in the corner and locked in a room. True. Um, so for those cases, I would push for in-person. Other times... And they're locked in a room with me, so that may be <laughs> to start off. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and just depending on the mediator as well. Right. One right. of the things that makes it difficult is wrapping up those final loose ends and making sure you have a mediator oh, that'll be able to do like a virtual notary and know how to do that correctly. And get email and send spreadsheets. and Yeah, because I've run into that issue and that's been like when the worst part with virtual mediations is not getting details nailed down in a linked right. mediated settlement agreement that's like I agree. a firm contract. And then the other attorney you haven't been able to work with, and that's why you're ending up in mediation, right. and they can't resolve language issues with you drafting it later, then no one's held accountable because no one signed anything, so you're all virtual. So make sure you get a mediator that's at least willing right. to do the virtual notary and really put some terms concrete if you are able to, to come to agreement. Agree. Agree. I have a COVID-based question. Sure. You, know, you guys have said before, and you'll hear it all the time, that divorces happen a lot, and money is a big factor inside of it. I was wondering about the flip side of that. Have you guys seen or heard a lot of people that just feel like right now it's too expensive to get divorced with some of the stuff we were talking about? We could sell the house, but I can't afford to get another one. You've got all these people unemployed. You got inflation possibly coming where food and grocery bills are skyrocketing. Do you think that there is, do you think that not having enough money is preventing people from getting divorces right now? I think that's always the case. If there's someone, if that's the relationship they're in, Financial issues hold people back from separating. In the recession, I don't, you weren't really practicing them, but I was. And that was a big issue. When they, that people just yeah. stayed together because they couldn't afford to separate. I haven't seen that now because a lot of our clients, they are employed. They have 401ks. They have stock accounts and mutual funds. So it hasn't been that hard for them because, as Jen said, some people have benefited. 
and some people have not. It's been very unfair and uneven. The economy seems to be shifting, too. We have the labor shortage and people finding new avenues to work. But in general, that's why people stay in like domestic violence relationships if they don't have the finances to go out on their own. So that's always a case if you're just someone in a relationship where you don't have the funds to see yourself out. And if you get to an attorney and we can talk you through how you can get back on your feet, that's helpful. Or if you're in like the domestic violence situation, going out to interact or an organization will help you get established. And you can get childcare based on finding employment so you can know that you're going to have childcare when you get a job so you're not scared of not being able to do both. So it's helpful. And there's also been an uptick talking about jobs. And I know that there is some difficulty in finding jobs, but also there's a lot of jobs that are available too. But COVID also, like we had to go virtual. Everybody had to go virtual that wasn't already virtual. And so there are a lot of jobs now that even if it's part-time or pretty and whatever it is that are just data entry or making phone calls and things like that. So that has helped change like different platforms of Upworks and things like that for for a little bit of extra or new income as well. So there's definitely been some benefits, but I would say people that have reached out to us on average, even if it hasn't been as many people, they're more serious. They're not just fact-finding. You're going to hear from me. They are right. ready to go. Yeah. They've already made the decision. Fuck it. I'm what done. about people yeah. that are, because I think the, what was the number? is like 4.9 million jobs. People just mm-hmm. quit recently. And I've heard some people say that it might be going into the gig economy. Like you're saying, there's all these new jobs. How does that work? Like, I know I couldn't buy a house. I didn't have six months of income. How does it work going into divorce if you just entered into the gig economy and on paper you make like nothing? Is that just good for know. you? Are you going to be able to it get? It depends on if you're the payee or the pay. Or if neither party has any money, right. you're both going to just have to figure out how to live on your own. But you're an adult, you should figure out how to live on your own. Sorry, that's me. It's real Sarah coming out. But <laughs> the cynical side of me was like, like if you have a good paying job and you're about to get a divorce, should you like go drive Uber? What a no. Yeah. Right <laughs> Don't get caught. Is that judges are stupid? <laughs> and we can discovery and we can do depositions. We'll find that out. Yeah. And we'll impute income to you. If you've lost your job and the judge says, do you get a job? You're still going to pay. And then you're going to look like a jerk. And then they're going to make you pay attorneys. Don't do that. Yeah. I actually had a friend uh, ask me that recently that she has been the breadwinner in a situation or makes more, but spouse still does well. Right. But he's been threatening. But they've been, there've been discussions of separating and he's been threatening to quit. You do that job. And I was like, I'm an attorney, so I not provide legal advice. However, (laughs) I know that's not going to fly. So yeah, that's not going to fly. Yeah. Speak to an attorney. If you're listening to the thing, please go talk to an attorney. Next go round, get a prenup. I don't know how many times I say that. I think I've only done one prenup this past year, which is really sad. So speaking of that, can you put in a prenup that if you don't get vaccinated, we're going to get a divorce? You can put whatever the hell you want to in there. No, I don't think that's against public I policy. Think so. I think so. The only thing you can't put in there is like child. Also, though, if you're putting that in the prenup, you're doomed. <laughs> I think it's really out of that. Vaccinated for what? The next one? Yeah. Hey, you know, the booster shot. I don't know. <laughs> Prenups are mostly about money and property and very interesting case today. I'll say that it- yeah. <laughs> but we are getting more polarized. I wonder if you're going to see like political stuff make its way into prenups. I don't think that's, I don't Don't think get that. married if you're like, don't do that. Well, and I don't, I don't, I, right? That's I don't been a lot think... of the issues. People have switched political sides, especially well, in the prenup, last election. Prenups aren't about your differences. And if you get divorced about differences, prenups are about how we're going to divide our property and who's going to get what money. But also who's going to pay like debts as well. Right. <laughs> but it, 
it is against public policy if, if you know, you're not really like watching Fox News and we're getting divorced. You can't put that. In. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's not about controlling your relationship. That's a very good way to put it. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's helpful in the end where if you don't feel locked into a relationship that you're not happy in because you're afraid of playing, paying child, child support, <laughs> you might going to have to pay that again. <laughs> Spousal support. <laughs> but it, it, I think it helps you if you are in an uneven. And generally what happens with prenups is somebody has a lot of money, somebody has no money. If you need to leave, always, if you're the earning spouse or whatever, have something in there as a trigger that allows you to leave and be able to do that. So yeah. in that way, it's a good way. A cushion. I like to talk to people about maybe a cushion. Like you, there's, Just get you on your feet. There's a limit. There's right. a, no more than two years of spousal support right. Right. to be determined. Right. That sort of thing is some, a good way to think about it, too. But also what people don't think about is if you don't have any money and you're getting married, hopefully you create wealth in your marriage. And that's something to plan for in the future. And that's why you need one. Yeah, I read the uh, the list of the richest people on the planet and like the big ones, Bezos or whatever. But sitting at number seven was Bezos as X. I know. Mm-hmm. And she's doing good work with her money. Yeah, she's already like giving away like I three billion dollars. Yeah, that's, like Mars. Oh, that's Elon Musk. Never mind. Yeah. He's going to wipe out hunger. What I thought was interesting is if you look at like position seven, eight, and nine, they're all the family of Walmart. Mom, dad, kid too. Oh, yeah. And those guys together have way more. Well, than all the, the, uh, 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 but Walmart's, yeah, we're just hiding it. Don't worry. <laughs> the wife's got like 47 billion. The husband's got yeah. 48 billion. Then there, uh, there's the rest, like 98 of us, 80% of us who have way, uh, way, 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 child support to make sure you're not on Medicaid. We're just but shopping okay. at Amazon trying to save up to go to that's space. Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Really. Uh, yes. That's, that's, Tax rich. <laughs> so COVID trade. Let's do a recap. There's going to be all over that. Of this <laughs> yeah, things are changed. Find an attorney that can adapt and is knowledgeable and knows what to look for in your case. And find a family law attorney is what I will say. Yeah, family. And, and, and there's nothing about other niches or niches. <laughs> Nieces. Bless. <laughs> niches. Yeah, a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> Listen, they know the legal words, but just not commonplace words. We don't, we don't enjoy wine while we are doing your case. No, but it's like, find a family law attorney because I have cases like with the state attorney, and they're all very smart and they know what they're doing, but you need to know the law and what we're doing. And, yeah. I, and the stuff Sarah and I have been talking about today is specific to family law and custody and spousal support and property division. It's not about estates. It's not about contract. It's, it's not criminal law. No, it's not. And the no. same thing is you, if you turn around and need a real estate attorney, don't come to me because that's out of my will. Yeah. I can't help you there. So but just, but just can find someone. We can work for you. <laughs> one that we know, like, and trust for sure. Yeah. So just make sure you're making good decisions out there right. and be patient with everyone else around you. Just be kind. Self. Be patient. Yes. Because okay. everyone is going through a hard time these past couple of years. And, and the pandemic just sucks. Just practice some kindness and empathy and be thoughtful. I agree. I agree. Okay. Come see us. And we also, to help with the whole kid situation, we do have a video, shameless plug, we do have a video on our Facebook page that we talked with a family therapist that oh, yeah. talked about how to co-parent with your kid's parent during a pandemic and yeah. focusing on yeah. really what you can control. And I think there was a lot of good knowledge nuggets in there. I have a lot of just a learning curve for us. It's a learning curve for you're navigating all new stuff. I have some good friends in the education field, high school counselors, teachers, mm-hmm. And they've all recently said that they can just notice that the children took a big hit this past year okay. and not saying one thing or the other about schools being closed. Everyone's trying to do, make the best decisions they can for right. the general whole. Pay attention to your kids and help them and guide them through this and pay attention to yourself. Everyone's stressed right. out and everything's new to everyone. 
We'll get through this. We'll get like, through it. We'll get through this together. We was 2022. Here we come. Oh my God. I'll be so happy. I know, but we, <laughs> but remember, we said that about 2021. Too, so. <laughs> I know. We did. We probably go back and listen to what we were saying. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. You got vaccines now. So. <laughs> we're mad. <laughs> okay. Ain't that some. Thanks for listening. This episode is complete. Visit newdirectionfamilylaw.com for show notes and resources and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube for more resources and information. And remember, with change comes empowerment.